0: What I do every Sunday as a priest may seem rather easy for some people, but at times it actually is a little difficult, because my role is to always challenge you, and at sometimes also to make you feel a little uncomfortable, because we know that if we read the Gospels, we know that Jesus went out of his way to comfort the afflicted, but he also went out of his way to afflict the comforted. So if I say something today to offend you, you can discuss it with me after the Divine Liturgy. Do not, of course, try to come up here, because today I am very well protected. (laughs) If anyone causes any problems today, we will probably end up banning you for, for much more than 10 years from attending... Our Palm Sunday celebrations so today please be on your best behavior oh wait a minute someone's calling me hello um, yeah I, I'm actually yeah I'm busy right now uh, why aren't you here yet you're preparing lunch I don't really care what kind of lunch we're having today. Just come over. There's a few chairs left in the back. And try to come from the back side of the tent because you're going to interrupt what we're doing. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Sorry about that. I should have turned this off. Or even better, perhaps I should have dropped it in here. You could drop your phone in there if you feel like you need to. How strange was that to all of you? Probably very, very strange. But how many times have you been with someone, and all of a sudden you're having a fairly decent conversation, and then the, the phone goes off, and then... They go off talking on the phone, or even worse, you're sitting in a room full of people, and absolutely everyone is playing on their phone. That is strange. Unfortunately, that which is very strange has become for us very normal. And we always need to question our thoughts, words, and actions to not only ask ourselves whether we're conforming to everyone else around us, but whether we're conforming our lives to what we truly want to be, and most importantly, what God wants to be for us. That is why I mentioned earlier that the role of faith is to remind us simultaneously of the good news and the bad news. What is the good news? The good news is... That God loves each and every one of you. The good news is that God made all of us in his image and likeness. The good news is we will be on this earth for a very limited time. And after that, we will be with God for all of eternity. Now that's pretty good news. So what is the bad news? The bad news is that, unfortunately, we tarnish the image of God in us by the words we say, by the thoughts we have, and by our actions. We hurt each other, and we fail to recognize that every human person is a son or daughter of God made in his own image and likeness. The good news is, when we acknowledge this, the bad news is when we forget. For us, as men and women of faith, the key is to always balance the good news of our salvation with the bad news of how we unfortunately too often compromise the many blessings that God has given us. Therefore, one of my responsibilities is to challenge you, but it is also your responsibility to challenge yourself by not accepting things simply because they are accepted by everyone around you and by not doing things simply because they are being done by everyone around you. Things that often become normal are far from normal. And for us, and this is key, for us as men and women of faith, the parameters we work with The lens that we see the world in is not the latest or the next headlines, but what we read in the Bible and are gathering here to reflect on the Word of God. What God has told us in his divine Word and the teachings of Christ are eternal. They are not passing fads that were trendy at one time, and today we can overlook them. They are the founding pillars of everything that we do and the lens with which we need to see everything. One of the biggest problems in today's society is not only isolation, but it is a psychological problem that the ancient Greeks put a name on. They called it narcissism. And in some cases, in fact, our modern society has gone even worse the narcissism, and we live in a state of such distraction and self-admiration that the psychologists and psychiatrists of today have not even created categories for this kind of division and the kind of self-admiration and a desire to publicize even the crazy things that we do. What is narcissism? Many have heard this word but do not know of its root and origin, which is actually quite interesting. It comes from the story of Echo and Narcissus from, the three, from, from book three of, Ovid, of Ovid's Metamorphosis, a Latin narrative poem in 15 parts, which emerged around the year A.D. 8, so over 2,000 years ago. Narcissus was a beautiful young man who walked through the village, through the, through the forest one day, and saw a lake. He saw his picture in that lake and was so admired by, his, by himself and by his, by his own image that he kept staring at that image for the rest of his life. Many women had heard of how beautiful he was and wanted to marry him. But his entire life, he was unable to get his face out of that lake and staring at his own image. He didn't reject the women because he didn't find them appealing, but because he could not take his eyes off himself. And he died completely fixated on himself and oblivious not only to the women, but also to the world around him. That was so beautiful. Today, the word narcissism refers to someone who is enamored with him or herself, that they are so enamored with themselves that they can't see the beauty of anything else around them. Unfortunately, today, narcissism is alive and well in men and women of all ages and across all ethnicities around the world. Unfortunately, social media has created a world of narcissists. And rather than getting better, we see it, year after year, getting worse. Actors, musicians, and other celebrities have always, by nature of what they do, been narcissistic. However, today, with all the possibilities and the various social media outlets, it seems that everyone wants to be a celebrity and therefore narcissism has become a norm and even worse has become a goal. The mental health issues that celebrities struggled with with because of their narcissism is now also the, tr- the struggle of so many people who spend their entire day enamored with themselves. How do we know this? The rise of mental health issues related to social media. The semi-annual Piper Sandler Generation Z survey that was released last week showed that among US teens, TikTok is the favorite social media platform, surpassing Snapchat for the first time and third place Instagram. The TikTok app depending where you look and how you do the calculation, has been downloaded over 2.6 billion times worldwide. So the reason why what I'm doing today is dangerous because almost half the population of the world has downloaded this app and use it regularly. For some, these are fun apps, not picking on one or the other. But the people who study them have shown consistently how damaging they are to people's mental health, especially to younger people. For example, an article that just came out on February, published in all places of the Wall Street Journal, teen girls' sexy TikTok videos take a mental health toll. And I will read a few sentences from this article, which should very much be taken seriously. When Jula Anderson joined TikTok at age 16, her first video featured her family's home renovations. It got five likes. After seeing others post risque videos and get more likes, she tried it as well. I wanted to get famous on TikTok, and I learned that if you post stuff showing your body, people will start liking it. Jula, now an 18-year-old high school senior near Sacramento, California, said, Sudden TikTok fame is catching teens off guard, leaving many girls unprepared for the attention they thought they wanted, according to parents, therapists, and teens themselves. In some cases, predators target girls who have sexually suggestive videos. Less dangerous interactions can also harm girls' self esteem and leave them feeling exploited. Mental health professionals around the country are growing increasingly concerned about the effect on teen girls of posting sexualized TikTok videos. Therapists say teens who lack a group of close friends and teens with underlying mental health issues, especially girls who struggle struggle with disordered eating and body image issues are at particular risk. For a young girl who's developing her identity to be swept up into a sexual world like that is hugely destructive, said Paul Sunceri, a psychologist and director of the New Horizons Child and Family Institute in El Dorado Hills, California, where Jula began receiving treatment last year for anxiety and depression. He said, when teen girls are rewarded for their sexuality, they come to believe that their value is in how they look. He said approximately a quarter of the female patients at his clinic have produced sexualized content on TikTok. And in a therapy outpatient program in Atlanta, 60% of the girls treated since the program started last September have posted sexually inappropriate videos on TikTok, said the board's director. One 16-year-old girl, Dr. Burwell is treating, made progressively more suggestive videos. The more likes she had, the more revealing her outfits became. And also a few months ago, Facebook acknowledged that their internal studies, that Instagram is toxic for teenagers. And yet these were studies that they hid from so many people. You can look those studies up, but related to all that, we have hopefully come out of the COVID pandemic, but what mental health experts around the world have said repeatedly is that the next mental health pandemic or one that we are already in the midst of is one related to image and so, we need to be careful, and we need to be aware of what is out there and appropriate use of social media. So there are some possible responses to all these studies. Number one is to ignore all of them and go back to life as usual. Number two is to panic and to throw your telephone in here and never use one ever again. But the third, and more appropriate response, is to have a balanced approach, and also to set guidelines first for yourself before even parents or or others set guidelines for you. What is this balanced approach that I think may be helpful? You can set your own. Number one is the clear understanding that others are not what they are posting on social media. What we are seeing is not real. It's often touched up, and it's often a one or two second or minute clip of everything somebody may be experiencing in their life. And secondly, you are not what you post on social media. In other words, your identity, your character, your personality cannot be summed up in a one-minute clip or in a picture that has all sorts of effects placed on it. This balanced approach first starts with yourself. But then as we gather here on Palm Sunday, there is something very important that Jesus teaches us throughout his life, is that we need to seek Community. And when we seek community, we see each other as we truly are, in our strengths and in our weaknesses. And we also learn to accept each other as we are in our strengths and in our weaknesses. God calls us to community by gathering us under one place, and then He also calls us to communion with Him when we come to receive his body and blood. The Bible is on the complete opposite spectrum of narcissism. In the Bible over 58 times, and perhaps if you extend this definition hundreds of times, there are verses that speak of the other. Be with each other. Love one another care for one another, pray for one another, serve one another, encourage one another, help one another, counsel one another, support one another. And perhaps the most important on this list, and one that we completely forget and is not able to be present in our social media interactions is forgive one another. The list goes on. It is the mutual ministry of every single believer in the family of God to think of the other in the wide spectrum of his or her existence. And not just to look at one isolated element or try to project for the world one isolated element of ourselves. These and other guidelines you might want to discuss at home. Very crucial for parents and children to discuss. And these social media problems, by the way, are no longer just problems for teens and young people. They are problems that everyone um, needs to reflect on. In particular, I encourage you as you are posting and as you are sharing, to think of who you are trying to impress. To reflect on what it is you are trying to say through these posts. And perhaps reflect on what does what you post say about you. Think of principles and think of guiding parameters of inappropriate words, inappropriate actions, inappropriate dancing inappropriate lyrics, inappropriate clothing. Whatever those guidelines may be for you, set some clear guidelines of things that you will or will not do. This is so important, especially as we gather for Palm Sunday, and reflect on everything God has done for us, and and how God has made us in his image and likeness, and also to be in communion with him. We get this message consistently from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. In fact, Genesis 2, verse 18 says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate fit for him. And when Adam saw Eve, he said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh from my flesh. So today, as we gather to begin our walk with Christ to his death and resurrection, let's once again bring us ourselves back to the importance of community, the importance of breaking ourselves out of narcissism, and even worse than narcissism, when we are not just celebrating the goodness in us, but we are celebrating the worst and most ridiculous things we can do and we can say. I am grateful for all of you here present. I'm grateful for my faith. I'm grateful for the ability to celebrate my faith every day and to be able to reflect on all the details of the Bible in great detail. And in particular, when you look at this gospel that we read today, read how many times in today's gospel community and communion are reinforced. We find our true meaning and identity, as Jesus did, not in isolating himself, but in loving each other, by serving each other, being there for each other, forgiving each other, being patient with each other, and all the other others that we can find in the Bible where we stop and listen and not push people away from our life because they might not be pleasing for a minute or two, but that we spend time really appreciating the gift of God in each and every one of us. Narcissism draws us to ourselves, and worse than narcissism draws us to the worst elements of ourselves. Mental health deteriorates the more we isolate ourselves from the truth of ourselves and the truth of others. And greater social and spiritual health is when we embrace the fullness of the gospel, to see the other in all his or her greatness or weakness.